Opinions stated on this podcast do not reflect the opinions of the Alas Soul as a whole. Thanks, Print. That was the episode. Congratulations. Congratulations. <clears throat> congratulations. Okay. <laughs> so, I, I think I have three topics for us to talk about, but I can't remember the third one. Uh, so, we're just going to do two. Two is probably enough. I remember all three. <laughs> you would have? <laughs> well, no, I do. He's I actually do. You told me that I remember. I, I know I told you, and I was like looking back on Discord trying to find Do you it. want me to tell you them now? I, I know, okay. Out, we can go with Okay, this? hold on. So the first one. I'm not trying to strong arm you out of the show. The I'm just first one you. is Don't Worry, Darling. That's the one we're talking. And Nicole is very happy for this. The second one is over the article. Uh, actually, no. It was Gabe's it, article. It was Gabe's article. I keep misremembering that. Pastor Tom. Yes. The big boy. The, the never-ending subject. The never-ending story. I don't remember the third one. Go ahead. The, t- from what you told me, it was the uh, journalism thing, the SPJ. Oh, yeah, that's oh, right. Oh, yeah, the SPJ thing. Oh, my God. That was a We can talk thing. about that. Again, not yeah. to strong arm you out of the show, but, like, also. I, I just... Anyway. <laughs> Wait, so should we, like, explain it to you guys? You, yeah. Sure. You okay. can explain it. Maybe, okay, okay. maybe a spoiler-free one. Do you, do you want to get into, like, the controversy, too, and all yeah, the oh, stupid stuff? Of course stuff. Oh, I want to get into the controversy. Okay, so... We, we open on Florence Pugh dancing with um, alcohol on her head, little tray. Bouncing, and, yeah. Yeah, and so it's like all the wives. It's this, like, happy party, and you're like, oh, this looks nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they're in this, like, 1950s company town. All the men work for something called the Victory Project. And while they go to work, it's top secret. Can't tell anybody, mm-hmm. like, their wives, anybody. Um, the wives, like, they clean the house. They cook dinner, you know, shop, whatever. And as we go along, you know, things are not as they seem. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one woman who starts screaming, like, oh, we shouldn't be here at one of the parties. And then you see her husband, like, try to give her some pills. Um, there's, like, these earthquakes <laughs> that all the men are like, yeah. oh, yeah, that's the that's the project. That's our work. Yeah. And they're like, why is it causing earthquakes? It's like, this is work, you know. No, we can't tell you. Yeah. And then Florence Pugh, like, cracks open a carton of eggs and they're all empty um, and then it really starts to take a turn when she sees a plane crash. And she wanders out into the desert where they're not supposed to go. And this is how the woman, her name's Margaret, mm-hmm. how she allegedly lost her mind and why she has to, like, take the pills now. Um, so Florence Pugh goes up to – her name's Alice in the movie, but I'm going to keep calling her Florence Pugh. She deserves the real name. <laughs> She's Florence Pugh. She's amazing. She gets to this, like – building where they're not supposed to go she puts her hands against it she wakes up in bed and she's like oh my god what happened harry styles her husband in the movie yes also jack again can't see him as anything other than harry styles Mm -hmm. he's like oh you you know what happened you've been in bed for hours yeah you didn't get up this morning and she's like oh i had a weird dream but then like it it gets kind of trippy there's like this weird sequence of like women with like their legs like ballerinas mm-hmm. like i don't know that just keeps like playing yeah and there's sometimes they all have like blonde wigs including yeah. the black woman and like the one with bronte they've all got these same marilyn monroe type wigs yeah but sometimes they're like weird messed up monster looking ballerinas like yeah. messed up makeup and so florence Pugh starts hallucinating she will like sub or like unconsciously start trying to 
we say suicide? Is that going to, like, get us flagged or anything? How does Spotify do this? I don't, think, so. this? Not, I don't okay. think Spotify does that kind okay. of stuff. Okay, yeah, so she starts, like, basically trying to kill herself on accident, and then she's like, oh, my God, what am I doing? And then she witnesses Margaret kill herself. Mm-hmm. And um, as she goes, she runs to help her. She gets dragged away by these goons. Guys and so, in, like, red suits, like, yeah. take her body away and then take <laughs> yeah. Florence Pugh and knock her out. And they're like, like oh, Margaret's recovering in the hospital. And she's like, uh, no, she's not. Yeah. Like, no. And so then she's just being gaslit uh, by her husband, by the psychiatrist, by other women. And then they go to this party where Harry Styles, this was the part where I was like, okay, I can't anymore. Yeah, it, it went from like, maybe this is a good movie to like, oh, this is bad. It's hilarious. I yeah. love it. So it's implied. Keep in mind, this is never mentioned again or explained. But for about five minutes, we watch Harry Styles flipping tricks on a stage yeah. at this like 1920s themed elaborate party. It's implied that his movements are being controlled. Why? Mm-hmm. How? Again, it's never explained. And I mean, we'll get to it in a minute, but there is like a sense of stuff being controlled, manipulated by yes. someone behind the scenes in the movie. Frank, but like Chris Pine. Yeah, but like Harry Styles' character is down with it. There's never a point yeah. where he's like, maybe we shouldn't do this. Yeah. He's so very... it's like, why do you control him and make him? Shouldn't he just be happy and want to dance? It's so weird. I, that it's implied... I thought it was part of the experiment, maybe. I don't know. That's the best explanation. But he totally... D- he wanted to dance he was excited he got the promotion and he's like come on up and show us it and he comes up and he's like and then he's just like dancing spinning in the air it's jumping so around yeah odd um okay then what happens i forgot um one of the women goes to florence Pugh because she's freaking out and she leaves the party and is like hey what what's the matter and florence Pugh's like there's something wrong in the town like i don't want to be here margaret is definitely dead i've been seeing things i went out in the desert um I don't remember what happens after that. Oh, then they have the dinner party. So yes. now Florence Pugh, she's she's in her girl boss era. She's trying to come back. She's from trying that, to be yeah. at least recover from her alleged flop era, like yeah. being crazy, <laughs> trying to prove to them that she's not. So she invites Frank and his wife, and then two of the other couples to their house for a dinner party. Sits them down to dinner, and she's like, "This is what Frank's doing. Don't you think it's weird that we all met our husbands the same way? We all." honeymooned in one of three places like we all mm-hmm. have the same scripted story they told us mm-hmm. um frank gaslights her in front of everyone makes her out to be the crazy one he's like she went out into the desert we're not supposed to do that isn't that crazy that she thinks all these things now she's insane and then there's this one really bizarre scene where her and harry styles are fooling around in frank's house who's also his boss yeah. and then frank walks in and just like watches them and, and so just then gives a little he, thumbs like, up and slips away. Yeah, no, it's so weird. And Harry Styles he, like, doesn't see him. No, I don't but think. no, because then he's like, "Oh, I thought you would tell us. I thought you'd keep what happened in the bedroom a secret, yeah. implying that like she's been messing around." Um, yeah. And so then uh, she she begs Harry Styles. She's like, "We got to get out here. Something's not right." He's like, "Okay, we'll go." They get in the car, and he's called the goons. They drag her away. And then they, you see her on an operating table. Cut to 2020. Yeah. Florence Pugh is in real life a surgeon. An actual doctor. Yeah. And she's operating on someone else. It's this weird transition cut that really confused me. Yeah, I was like... I was like, wait, she's she, operating on she, herself? Yeah, she's having this operation done to where you see her like getting electroshocked, and she like looks up, and the doctor's her. But then it cuts to her as the doctor like leaving. And I was like, that's kind of a cool thing, and there's a lot of good cinematography in the movie, and it's well shot. But I was also like... Wh- that was a little confused. That was a little bit of a weird jump. Yeah. So it turns out 
in real life, Harry Styles is kind of a crappy boyfriend. Mm-hmm. He doesn't work. He's listening to an incel podcast all day long. That Chris Pine's yeah. Frank is the host of, basically. Frank is the podcaster. <laughs> Who's like, you know, women just want to go back to that way. Yeah. People just want that society again. And so she comes home and he's like, you're late. And she's like, oh, like surgery went long. And he's like, I haven't eaten. She's like, why not? He's like, <laughs> I didn't know what I wanted or what you wanted. And I texted you. She's like, well, I don't have my phone in the OR. And then he comes over and he starts trying to like make a move on her. And he's like, dance for me, baby. And she's and like, I am She's tired. like, I just finished a 30-hour surgery. And so she like goes to the bedroom and slams the door in his face. And he like, he's standing outside the door as you hear the incel podcast playing in the background. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, people complain about Harry Styles acting in the movie and there were some issues, but I do think he did a good job. And I don't want to see Harry Styles as handsome, attractive cool guy like he is for most of this movie or in like the other movies he's been in that scene when he's like the gross slimy greasy boyfriend and not cool and it would have been really good i want them to make him be like he had like stubble and like long hair greasy and like glasses and was like hey babe what's going on i was like he does that he could do it he could be greasy gross creepy guy and i want to see that and like explore more (laughs) (laughs) and so then we see a montage of him like listening to this podcast and getting involved in this program. Basically what they do is they kidnap a woman. This is where the movie gets crazy also. Yeah. <laughs> Stupid. They, it, again, this is never explained, so I could be wrong. It's my understanding that they kidnap a woman, incapacitate her in some way. She's comatose. And so they have to like prop her eyes open to like do the lasers for the simulation. It's like VR stuff. Yeah. And so then they go and play house. And then... You can only be in the simulation for however long, then they have to go to work. So when the men go to work on, quote-unquote, the Victory Project, they're going back into the real world while the wives are stuck in the simulation. Mm-hmm. And they're, like, making sure the wife's, like, being fed in the real world, like, dripping food into her mouth and, yeah. you know, taking care of her physical body. Yeah. Um, the kids in the simulation aren't real. Um, is that everything? Um, there's a scene at the end when, like, she realizes this because when she sees the doctor and then she wakes back up and she tries to just, like, go along with it, but then she, like, tells all this to Harry Styles' character. She has, like, a flashback where she's, like, puking, crying. Oh, and then he tries to kill her. He, like, goes in, like, drops on his knees and tries to hug her as, like, I'm so sorry. She accepts, and then he tries to, like, squeeze her to death. Yeah. So she knocks him over the head with his whiskey glass. Yeah, she grabs it just clobbers the back of Harry Styles' head. And then her friend, that, her next-door neighbor... Is, this honestly almost made me laugh because I was so shocked. Yeah. Her neighbor comes in, who's one of the women, who was like... Olivia Wilde, by the way. Olivia Wilde walks mm-hmm. in and is like, so you knew... She's like, you you figured it out, you know what it is. And Olivia Wilde's like, for some reason was okay with being... She, she was like, she because liked this her life. her kids are dead in real life. Yes, that's what so it was. That made sense. she and her that husband, okay. Nick Kroll... Nick Kroll? Yeah, oh, Nick God, he's greasy looking. He's, yeah. he's Olivia Wilde's husband. I love husband. the guy. He's funny, but he is greasy Seeing looking. Seeing him and Olivia Wilde next to each other, I was like, listen. That's how this, you knew something was this wrong. This is the most realistic part of this whole movie. Gorgeous mm-hmm. woman, mediocre man. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> but she she basically is like, you know, my, my baby's died in here. They, they, they're still alive. I can still have them. But, and then she sees Harry Styles and uh, Florence Pugh's like, what do I do? And she's like... If they die in here, they die in the real world. And I was like, how? Right, Isn't it just like your eye? And wouldn't it just like turn off and you'd be like, oh, damn. Yeah, that's never explained. 
how um, there's like a neural link that shuts off his brain. And also, then why is she actively gaslighting the other women who start to question what's going on? Because like, as soon as Florence Pugh, yeah, because that was the as soon as yeah. Florence Pugh is like, I don't want to be here. I figured it out. She's like, Olivia you're Wilde's so like, selfish. You're being a child. Yeah. Your husband's, you know, working so hard so you can have this life. Yeah. But if you know what's going on, why not tell her so she can leave? Yeah, the whole movie she's against her, but then at the end when Florence Pugh figures it out, Olivia Wilde's like, if you're being held here against your will, I don't want you still here. Yeah. It's like, well, she was figuring it out. Yeah. She knew already. You could have just told her by then. Right. <laughs> you became an ally when you watched her murder her husband. <laughs> so then, long story short, she escapes in a car chase, mm -hmm. um, and it ends with her waking up. As but for the controversy, yes. I have lots of Leading thoughts. up to the release of the film. Yes, mm -hmm. yes. Where do we start? Shia LaBeouf was originally supposed to be Harry Styles' character. He's supposed to yes. be married to Florence Pugh. Yes. Um, so there's a lot of conflicting stories here. Yeah. Were they accused of sexual assault or something? Shia LaBeouf oh, he, had been. He's yeah. being sued for oh. sexual battery by FKA Twigs. See, then Shia LaBeouf would have worked better than Harry Styles. It would have been character. too real. It would have been. It yeah. Been. There's a lot of scenes where sh they have relations in the movie. Very intimate yes. scenes with Florence Pugh and the act character. So a lot of people were like. I can understand why they'd cut him in that Uncomfy case. with yeah. wanting him in that role with Florence Pugh. Well, I'm like, allegedly, Olivia Wilde said she was like a mama bear over Florence Pugh in that aspect. Which is weird, because Florence Pugh's a fine, great actor. She does not need Olivia Wilde Well, well in there. the sense that, like, he would have made her uncomfortable, and so she cut him from the film. Mm -hmm. um, but then Shia LaBeouf leaked a video where Olivia Wilde is begging him to return, and but he also admitted like see it wasn't because i'm awful to work with but then like in that same statement basically admitted that he's awful to yeah. work with oh my God. um and so then there was that and then like florence Pugh didn't do any press for the movie at yeah, all she's like i don't want to be in any of the interviews don't want to go to any late night shows just nothing and it's just like okay how are you going to make what's supposed to be this like feminist movie about the dangers of these incel podcasters and this and like control of masculinity a and resurge. believing women is like the big point of the movie well like it's also that like research and what we're seeing in these like right-wing men who want to return to that 1950s yeah. traditional womanhood kind of thing mm -hmm. and then you're gonna beg an abuser to come back to your movie and mm -hmm. film intimate sex scenes with this woman yeah mm -hmm. it's so and then so the first sex scene we see is Harry Styles performing oral sex on Florence Pugh. Yes. Passionately, enthusiastically. I truthfully, I had not seen this in a movie before. So when I was yeah. watching, I was like, "Yeah, this is pretty cool." The reason I, I liked it was because I was like, not even because I was like, "Oh, this is cool." As part because I was like, "Oh," when I realized the plot twist at the end, I was like, "Okay, this is like kind of messed up." Because very clearly in the real world, she didn't want to have sex with him. Right. But in the game, in the fake thing, like, he's great at it, and yeah. she's having a great time. And I was like, right. yeah, it's a good way of showing that they're creeps, and it's awful. I like that. Yeah, well, and that's also, like, part of his fantasy, that he's, like, the sex That god, he's good you know? at sex with right. his wife. When in real life, he's getting it. rejected because yeah. he doesn't, he can't read his partner's emotions. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, but then it's also, Olivia Wilde hopped on some podcast yeah. and was like, oh, I wanted this to be, like, empowering sex scenes for women, like, focusing on her pleasure. She's not consenting yeah. to this. That immediately, I was immediately, also, it wasn't on purpose. That was supposed to actually be good for right. her. That wasn't, yeah. like, a, a statement on, like, oh, she's not even choosing to do it. Right. It's like, oh, no, she's it's supposed to be cool. Okay, Yeah, well, and then. I guess part of it was, like, I wrote about this in my opinion piece, like, yes, 
it, it did kind of show the allure of that lifestyle compared to modern times because now, yeah, women work outside the home and do most of the domestic labor. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like young people are way more isolated now than in the 1950s mm-hmm. when they had block parties and social clubs. Like you saw that them always going to dinner with each other mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. All the thing. guys in the neighborhood work at the same business and we all right. hang out together. And, and our wives go shopping during the day together. Mm-hmm. And like, we all hang out together and have parties every night or whatever. Yeah, the end so of the block. It, it did show like, okay, there, there are things that were good about that era, I guess. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It definitely was... It... There was a... Like, I... Okay, we're spoiling. Don't worry, darling, obviously. Uh, but it's already been it's spoiled. Been yeah. <laughs> but we're also... Uh, minor spoiler for like a 20-year-old movie that's one of my favorite movies. Uh, and people say this isn't a good movie by this guy, but I swear to God, it's great. The Village, uh, M. Night Shyamalan. If, have any of you guys seen The Village? Nope. Basically... It does the same plot twist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the thing is this plot yes. twist has been done to death. Yes. So yeah. the village, the first two hours of it, or however, first chunk of it, most of it until like the last 10 minutes, you think it's like 1600s, like the witch, but years before mm-hmm. the witch came out, like old timey. And there's all these people in the village who are like, don't go out. There's beasts in the woods. Like there's <laughs> something messed up. And they eventually this girl runs away, avoids the beasts, sneaks out. She finds out the beasts might be them in costumes, the people in charge. Mm. She finds this brick wall and climbs over it. And there's just like an asphalt road and a cop car from like, 1990-whatever, pulls up and is like, hey, why are you dressed like a Puritan? Mm-hmm. What's happening? You okay? And it's like this big moment where mm-hmm. she's like, oh my, what's happening? She yeah. doesn't know any of this and then that's the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. There's also like that one Janelle Monet movie where it's like, yeah, it's like slavery I, I, or whatever. I can't, Antebellum. I Antebellum. Yeah, that's what it's uh, that called. So it's, so it's like she's like, she's like a slave mm-hmm. on a plantation but it turns out that it's actually like these people that kidnapped her Oh my or god, I just realized in Antebellum, one of the scenes where she realizes that, you know, you think it's like 1800s slavery times and they're all doing all this. Mm-hmm. And they look up and there's just a Boeing 747 flying past and they all just stare at it for a second. They do the same thing in yeah. th- where there's like a plane. But also, if that was like this, if the simulation's being controlled by Frank, why was there a plane? How did that get there? And if they have full control over it, why did she like watch the plane and then be like, oh, I am right. questioning this now? Because if that plane wasn't there, she would have just been, oh, well, I guess I was imagining all the other stuff. Yeah. And so part of it, this, this brings me to another controversy. Margaret, um, she when she went out into the desert, she all they could find of her son was his toy airplane. I forgot about her son. Yeah, and they all said that he died out there, and she says, no, they took him from me to punish me. So I thought maybe that's what the plane had something to do with, but Margaret is a controversy all on her own mm-hmm, because okay. she's the only black woman in the company town. Which is she the only black character i can't yeah. think of any other yeah. black. Pe- and then the only other woman of color is Gemma chan who's Hell frank's yeah. wife and then there's a man of color um yes you're right and so i won't even critique the lack of diversity in itself in the simulation because yeah white incels in their ideal world like mm-hmm. it's primarily white and it's also i think there was some really interesting stuff where as it shows harry styles putting her into it like mm-hmm. in the at the very end when it's all revealed there's dialogue of like Harry Styles filling out the form to get put in and it's like shows a nationality British so in the real world when he's a greasy gross guy in the real world he's doing a fine American accent. Okay but I think that was because he couldn't do an American accent. (laughs) Oh yeah no he's British (laughs) and uses his normal-ish voice in the thing but in the real world he's American so that made me like oh or like maybe some of them are just like messed up very like in a get out sense black people who were like white 
chosen race white. Well, and I mean... But they don't really get into that. They don't the, say that. The whole thing of, like, whiteness being tied to traditional femininity yeah. is its whole can of worms in its own. Mm-hmm. So... Oh, sorry, I was going to say, out of curiosity, was the uh, was the man of color married to a woman of color or to a no, white woman? No, white woman. Okay, yeah, because I, I was interested in that because, like, just the He has, like, two of, lines. Like, yeah. it's not... Oh, yeah, that's no. true. Yeah. I know who I know the actor too. I have to look him up. Okay, um, have that in the second. <laughs> but uh, so yeah, so Margaret's the one who's like, yeah, something's wrong here, and she has a really interesting storyline. You know, her and Florence Pugh apparently were best friends before she, you know, lost her mind or whatever, and I feel like it would have been really cool to see more of her story, and she also said, I believe on Instagram, that most of her scenes were cut from the movie. Um, which is really a shame because instead of watching Florence Pugh be confused by her hallucinations for like a quarter of the movie, which also confuses the audience and convolutes the message, it would have been really cool to hear more about her and see more of her background rather than like, oh, this is how she advances the white woman's plot line. And that's again, like... Olivia Wilde, I don't, I can't speak for her intentions here, but it really does come across as like a performative cash grab white feminism kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The, yeah, Gemma Chan is the only other than the actress. Also, also, another spoiler. No, we're going off, yeah. Why does she kill him? Gemma, Gemma Chan kills Frank at the end, but it's been entirely up to this point. She's on board with him, defending him mm-hmm. at the dinner party. And then at the end, when he's getting calls, and the, all of her, all of his guys are like, "Hey, that she's, she's crazy escaping. woman's getting out of here," and he's like getting angry, and he's like slamming his fist down, doing the big villain thing of yeah. like, "No!" And then his Gemma Cham just comes up and like stabs him and yeah. twists and then, the knife. And then she goes, "It's my turn now." So does that she, mean she's taking over? Did she know the whole time, but didn't like it, but didn't do anything? Was Gemma Chan Frank's wife? Yes. yes. Okay, I think that that's really interesting to me because, like, incel podcast hosts and stuff like that, and just that oh, kind yeah. of generic, like, mm. libertarian man kind of vibe. There's a lot of libertarian men who are, like, weirdly into Asian women. Fetishize, yeah. And that yeah. kind of tracks in that way. Mm. It is, um, what was, what race was the husband of? White, Chris Pine. Chris Pine was the mm. husband. Yeah, he was yeah. like the main. Margaret. He was allegedly he was running the whole thing. Uh, Margaret's husband was also white. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the non-white actor was uh, Ariel Stachel. I think I remember how to say his name, but he he's of Jewish ancestry. Um, is there anything else to be said about Don't Worry, Darling? I have so many questions. <laughs> so the kids aren't real, but then there's a wife who is always pregnant, and when Florence Pugh comes back from her treatment. Olivia Wilde's like she can't remember her name and Olivia Wilde's like oh like you'll you'll get your memories back um Peg whatever she's always pregnant why if the kids aren't real how is she pregnant yeah there's an interesting st- where it's like is she pregnant in the real world did she give birth while in this thing it, was she pregnant when like she went a, in like a it's sort of like a put that value on mm-hmm. having kids mm-hmm. yes I, I I guess you could look at a lot of it I don't know how smart this movie Right. Some, there, how... Okay, there are some scenes where I think it's really smart, yes. and there are some scenes where I'm like, what are they... Like, yes. like, I talked about the scene where Harry Styles is performs well at sex in the mm-hmm. simulation, but doesn't, but apparently Olivia Wilde just threw that smartness out the window. The mm-hmm. other thing that I thought was, like, kind of cool was the entire scene where it's going over what Harry Styles, all of his stuff on the forum, to, like, be a part mm-hmm. of this group and sign up himself and his wife. There's a lot of really subtle stuff they do that, like could mean some deeper stuff but again i don't know if well, it was intentional like when it's like 
he names who his wife is going to be Alice, and they're like previously known, like if he knew her. Or like previous relationships. Yes, and yeah. it's like currently married to her he is, he says, which is like, oh, that's some cool, subtle stuff. Like maybe these are just random women for some of these guys right. that they find, kidnap, and stick into this. Yeah. But also, like you just said, Bruce, I don't know how smart this movie the, the, is. It, it feels know. like it could be smart. Yeah. Exactly. I was going to say, because, like, even if it wasn't intentional, it kind of creates all these questions that can be used to come to a conclusion on your own. Mm -hmm. And at least in that, it did okay. Mm -hmm. Like, and if you're, I I guess you could argue whether or not it was intentional or not. But, Mm -hmm. you know, here we are talking about it. And, like, you can come up with all these Mm -hmm. different conclusions. Well, I think uh, this movie is a good example of, I'm not going to be a big nerd guy and talk about a director for a long time, but Sam Raimi who I love, talked to Bruce about him, Bruce knows him. He did all of the Evil Dead movies in the 80s, which Spider-Man are good. Spider-Man ones, too, right? Like he did the, the Tobey Maguire yeah, the Spider-Man, Spider-Man movies. Spider-Man. He did the latest, the Doctor Gosh. Strange 2. Um, Sam Raimi's philosophy on movies, he said one time, uh, and you can see this in all of his films definitely, is he's like, my first intention is to make something good with depth and meaning and worth that are going to make you think when you leave. And he's like, and if the script sucks and the writers suck and the actors suck and producing company and all the developers are coming in and making it some specific thing and controlling it and he's like then i'm not trying to make a good thing i'm trying to make something fun that you will enjoy watching so bad it's good or so fun or just so insane and goofy and fun just something fun to watch and that's the thing is even if it is like misintentioned like not just just bad misses the mark in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. i enjoyed watching it we can move on to the next topic. Since I don't that know. One, that one was 30 minutes. Yeah. We got 20 minutes to talk about Pastor Tom. I don't think we're going to get to the journalism no. boot camp. That's, but fine. Pastor can, Tom, yeah. let's he, start. Um, there's not much to say. He has visited campus before. I, Us as seniors, me, Nicole, and M, remember. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Well, I think, I think we all remember when he was here our freshman years and there was our protests then. There were already people upset when the pandemic hit. They were just like, no one's allowed on campus who doesn't need to be, so he wasn't coming back. Uh, and apparently this semester, he's coming back Tuesdays around noon till about one thirty, mm-hmm. seems to be his usual time, yeah. Tuesdays. Uh, so if you want to check him out uh, and hear it for yourself, <laughs> uh, he it describes himself as a, pr- I describe him as a preacher. Uh, he, you know, there's a lot of rules in the church of what status you are what you do i say preacher as in like a verb like he preaches i mm-hmm. you know he he is not currently preaching at a church he does not have a you know home church that he stays at he does not visit any church regularly he also what told a heretic me doesn't have a church that he stays at <laughs> he also said there's no uh say that he's any one denomination he personally describes himself as uh bible oriented gospel oriented bible preaching something around that gospel preaching bible oriented something like that um, he has some views, and I'm trying to be very tactful here, not because of respect for anything, but just for legal purposes. Yeah. Some of his views by the students on campus are viewed as homophobic. Uh, he quoted, you know, Dylan Hembro, another new reporter on staff. Uh, I was discussing it with him, and as soon as I started the Bible verse that he uses a lot that Tom quotes a few times, and I have him in the article saying Dylan finished it and knew it because he grew up very religious and has that trauma. <laughs> so I think anyone with homophobic religious trauma will know. See, I have racial religious trauma. I'm, yeah, I'm different, different. Different, yeah. But if you have Christian religious trauma, you will maybe recognize, for those of you at home, First Corinthians 
chapter 6, verses 9 and 10, uh, which is something along the lines of, no unrighteous people shall enter the kingdom of God, and it lists adulterers, idolaters, a few other things that are generally bad like that, and then the effeminate nor the homosexuals. So he said that. He said other things as well, but that is the only thing I directly have him saying in the article. That was a big issue. I didn't know what to quote him saying because I didn't want to just straight up publish offensive views, <laughs> but I also needed proof of him saying these things and believing these things. Um, so there was obviously a large student outcry, much larger this week on Tuesday than the first week he was on campus. That's really a summary of what he does typically. Um, yeah. I noticed a trend specifically a lot of people who are formerly Catholic end up like either atheist alternative or both I've noticed mm -hmm. like because my dad was like he was um, Catholic he was raised Catholic he went I think he went to Catholic school for a bit and he ended up being an atheist and was very like alternative in his youth and that kind of thing mm -hmm. and like totally rejects Catholicism now and I've just noticed that like Catholicism specifically I feel like has the most like the people who are like most like rejecting it once they're out instead of just being like oh I used to be this but now I'm not and that's interesting to me because you're right but then also uh, a lot of people like Tom Rayborn really dislike Catholics yeah. yes and that was something that I remembered from my freshman here just sitting on the quad doing homework not even mm -hmm. working at the Alesto yet and just hearing him just to like listen to all the crazy things he says so like I can say for a fact, it is my opinion that this semester, weirdly enough, because there's so many, you know, LGBTQ plus people protesting him, and there are a few people of various religions who are just wanting to hear him out, uh, he's backed off of the anti-other religion stuff. Mm. I remember my freshman year sitting... He made a Catholic girl cry freshman year. Yes, I, I was sitting... At, I remember sitting at one of the trees on the quad freshman year and listening to him speak, Tom Rayborn, and he was saying, you know, there's only one way to Christ, not through Allah, not through Buddha, not through Yahweh, which is, two of those are just the different languages' names for the same concept. Yeah. It's generally considered that yeah. Judaism, Christianity, and Mus Islam are all the same God. But Abrahamic religion. Abrahamic, yeah. And he's yeah. very clearly just like not backing them up. Um, he's talked a lot about how Christianity is the only way I've heard him say, not through Catholicism, not through Judaism, not through... He's listed off many religions that you cannot find God through in my freshman year. But now he's backed off of the other religions and focused mm -hmm. more on uh, LGBTQ plus focus, which is interesting to me. You know, if you have an opinion on him, we have a survey that you can take that I'll make Bruce put in the description of this podcast now. Uh, right. Yeah, there's a link to it. You're forced to do it now. Um, getting a lot of responses. We want to hear what people think. It's like uh, over a thousand responses now. Yeah, that's oh, a lot wow, of people getting really? back to us yeah. in just two days of it being out at this point. You guys sent that over a student email, didn't you? Mm -hmm. Yes, yeah. we did. Yeah, because I got it. I yes, like, you can take you it. You can fill it out if you want. I was going people on to, staff are allowed to. I was going to write the description, uh, he's a silly billy. Pastor Tom, major silly billy. Yes. Uh, I, I do want to say... Public universities are public forums, so we, yes. we learned this in media law. Mm -hmm. You have full First Amendment protection on the quad. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, so he's not going anywhere unless he does something I respect something free horrible. speech. Like, yeah. like, like, well, I don't it goes like the guy, both but... ways. Yeah. It applies mm -hmm. to all of us as well. Yes. So if we restrict him, that means we have to restrict ourselves. Like that, It's a double-edged sword. And that's... Uh, we're planning on covering Tom again, I am at least, and I might make someone else help me do it because I'm doing a lot of big stories this semester. 
Um, but <laughs> looking into, so I said that very femininely, didn't I? It's like something came out of me. But uh, covering <coughs> Tom again this semester. I'm, don't laugh at me, Bruce. I coughed. Um, the stock sound. They're gonna think I put that in. They're gonna think you like. They're gonna think you like swore. I'm gonna, what if I use that as the cough like the, is the sensor, the sensor and then it gets good. to the actual cough, and they're like, "Did he swear? Did he just cuss Tom out?" No. Um, basically, I forget what I was gonna say now. Shoot. Oh, we're planning on covering the issue again. We're planning on focusing more on First Amendment in the topic, and also when the survey is run its course, and we think we've gotten enough responses. Uh, using that in the article as well, talking to administration, talking to organizations on campus, talking to students at the protests that are most likely going to continue, and just kind of hearing opinions. So don't worry, you will hear more from us on this after this. See, I was going to ask, um, people have like said it's hate speech. because Hate speech is protected by the First Amendment. It is? Yeah. It is. Yeah. Unless when it's a call to it direct uh, yes. threats, it's yeah. protected. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And, and like, it's one of those things where it's like, I really do hate Tom, but also at the same time, I'm such a big believer in free speech that I definitely don't think he should actually be removed. Well, because then the way it would then work is this, if I say, well, then F Tom Rayborn, can they say that's me hate speech and I can't mm -hmm. say that either? And there's, so this is, I promise this is going to sound crazy, but it's going to make sense. And I'm going to go on a political science rant, but it's connected. There's this concept I really like in political science, and Em's heard me talk about this before for a political science class. Uh, Karl Popper, who is a Jewish political theorist from 1930s and 40s in Austria. Then he was in English <laughs> political so He moved to England for obvious reasons in Central Europe in the 1930s and 40s. Wonder what that could be. Right? Yeah. As a Jewish political... Yeah. Uh, so, his the concept he creates is called the paradox of tolerance. And I mm -hmm. fully subscribe to this theory, this concept. You don't have to, but I think it makes perfect sense, which is he believes that free speech and true freedom of you know being able to say whatever you want whenever you want is impossible, cannot exist, mm -hmm. not doable. Because if everyone's allowed to say what they want, even in the most tolerant, peaceful, loving place, they're still going to be bigoted, hateful, intolerant people. Mm -hmm. And by promoting their ideas, one of two things happen. They either will eventually seize power and say, okay, this group of people has no freedom anymore, we're deciding it. Or purely by being vocal and saying this is what they think, whoever they're targeting and being intolerant towards will be less likely to use their free speech and will therefore just not have free speech by being scared of retaliation. So Karl Popp, and this is going to make no sense, but I have to explain it. He theorizes that paradox of intolerance is, or paradox of tolerance, the same thing, is that in a truly tolerant society, you cannot tolerate intolerance. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so if you want to truly have free speech, you can't just let anyone say whatever they want. If someone says something hateful, intolerant, bigoted, you have a obligation to say something back and be like, that's not right. You shouldn't feel that way. Not good. And not in a like, oh, the marketplace of ideas. Mm -hmm. and but literally just like, no. In the same way that a Nazi would be intolerant to a Jewish person or a gay person or a, a you know black person, you need to be intolerant to Nazis and be like, fuck those guys. Mm -hmm. yeah. But isn't that intolerance? Yeah, because it's a paradox. It's a paradox. Yeah. That, that's his, literally his response. People are like, well, isn't that just being intolerant? And he's like, yeah, it's a paradox. You have to do that in order to, because he's like, he basically, he basically says, yeah. So in his paradox, you either side with everyone or like the bigoted, hateful, intolerant people. It, it's weird too. Because Both of those are solutions, but then, one of them's better. Then that plays into what a lot of um, conservative figureheads do. 
You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's like a thing like so much with the tolerant left. Mm-hmm. And yeah. <coughs> so by being intolerant to these people is almost also giving them ammunition for them to be return it and mm-hmm. keep going with it. When I introduced this idea because we were discussing things we wanted in this utopia, it was a concept of this political science class. It was like, what idea do you want in our utopia? And I explained that concept and uh, my professor was like, okay, let me give you a, a, a counterpoint. Uh, in the topic of the George Floyd protests in Ferguson before that and in years before that, since like the 60s and 50s, probably since before that, there was this concept in black communities and other communities of F the police. He's like, is that intolerance? Is that being intolerant to them? And my point is that no, it's the response. Mm -hmm. Because the police in those communities and in the reason those people are saying F the police is because they are feeling that the police are being intolerant to black people and intolerant Mm -hmm. to people of color. So the response is intolerance to the police. So I feel makes sense in that sense. I don't know. That's that's my example of it. That's all just in the sense of free speech. I wanted to get that out there. It's a total tangent, but sorry. I I agree with that. However, I think with Tom specifically, mm-hmm. we're not going to bully him off. No way. No. And yeah. as someone with an extensive religious background, I guarantee that all the people who are singing WAP in front of him and whatnot are only further convincing him that these are heathens who need to be saved. And he's just going to keep coming back and preaching even harder and spewing more hardcore beliefs. Yeah, but we're never going to get people to like stop paying attention to him, unfortunately, even though that's the because way to get him to go away. Because if we just ignored him, he'd go away. Yeah. I think. I've I could been, be wrong, oh but... I've been thinking of I him mean, as like, just enjoying the attention and enjoying the controversy. Yes, not even... But no, you he have... He sees himself brought, as a martyr. Yeah, you brought it up as a better point of like... I don't even think of him seeing it as like, oh... I think gay people might be heathens, and then a gay guy comes up and yells "wop" at him, and he's and like, "Yeah, they're right." Double horns. He's gonna go. Oh, he's like, yeah. There we go. This is this is how they act. He's gonna like because he's been on other campuses yeah. and like he, he said in that article. Yeah, in, mm-hmm. and, and because of that, I think that's why he, he goes to SIUE so frequently mm-hmm. because SIUE is the one who gives him the most response. Right. He said he's visited other campuses once or twice occasionally, but he visits SIUE weekly, and that. In the article, he says SIUE is the most volatile campus I've visited. And so, in his mind, it's oh, I've we never need to hear like his message the most. Damn, yeah, I've not thought of it like that. Yeah, I don't yeah. think you're ever gonna have people stop listening, though. No, like, yeah, and so it was, it's, it's a snowball. It started, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like as long as he has one person listening, he's not gonna do it. Mm-hmm. I, and and you're never going to fully organize. They couldn't even organize a chance at the protest. Mm-hmm. They're not gonna organize right. in ignoring. I yeah. still like making fun of him, though. It like, is, if he's yeah. not going to go away anyways, I yeah. might as well make fun of him. Yeah. The most effective protest I've heard, mm-hmm. and I think the only way to truly speak to him, mm-hmm. is that I heard there was obviously a lot of gay students arguing and planning a big thing against him, and they were there, and there's obviously a lot of, you know, students of other religions who were upset with him. But I heard somewhere through the grapevine that there is a group of Christian students mm-hmm. who are planning a counter-protest, totally peaceful, no speakers, no loud stuff, no anything, just, like, signs sitting there silently and being, like, holding up signs that are like, you know, we are Christians, this isn't Christianity. This isn't what we believe in. This isn't I, our religion. I think that would be way more effective. And I understand people's anger. I, oh, I no, totally. totally. I'm angry it. too, yeah. But um, like I said, like knowing a lot of people like Tom, mm-hmm. that's going to be way more effective than screaming and like, mm-hmm. you know, profanity and whatnot. Mm-hmm. It's your oh, podcast, wow. Bruce. Yeah. So you keep saying that. It, it is. freaks me out. It's your party. You can cry if you want to. He just starts sobbing loudly on the podcast. Hey, it's um, it's like a if it happens to ending me. to Pearl. Start closing in. I haven't seen Pearl. 
Maybe you should watch Pro. I don't know. I, I saw trailers for it. I, it I, I sent him the TikTok about, like, I wish every woman in front of me at TJ Maxx would die. <laughs> um, and, and he was like, that's Pearl. And I'm like, what? He's like, it's the movie Pearl. And I'm like, okay. It was. No, it's me, actually. Had you watched? Then you're Pearl. Thanks. I don't you're know what that means. You're literally Pearl. It's, it's like um, Patrick Bateman. <laughs> it's like Patrick Bateman from American Psycho. Just imagine that when, like, somebody says they're oh, literally me. Patrick Bateman. Then it's yeah. literally Pearl. I walk through the office really angrily, storming through, but like walking on sunshine in my headphones, just <laughs> like he does. That's literally what he listens to in that scene. That's I love so that there's good. so many edits of him listening to edgy music when the point of it is that he's not. He's listening to like I want to edit and of he's just him walking. listening to J-pop. That'd be fun. It's the same energy, right? Yeah. It could have been. Yeah. Uh. Okay, I'll give a very simple outro. If not, I'll just like record one on my shitty. Much different audio level. Yeah. <laughs> I'll record it on my 1080p webcam that, like, sounds like a Have Dylan popcorn. <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks for tuning in. I'll see you next week. This has been the Alessio After Hours. Your host, Bruce. Say goodbye, everybody. Bye. Goodbye, everybody. Uh, Gabe thinks he's funny. He's right. not. That's right, I do. True. Mm-hmm.